0: Welcome back. It is Wednesday evening, 7.53 p.m. on The Dot. Today is Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to you and yours. Shout out Virginia Tech and our esteemed uh, military presence that we have around the country and around the world. Shout out to our Corps of Cadets. We love you and we thank you. Hope everyone thanked a veteran today. Uh, November 11th, we got Miami on Saturday. We got a little Miami preview for everyone here And we are excited as ever to start off the Virginia Tech Miami game preview with a hokey haiku presented by the Main Street Pharmacy. The Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia, led by the Dr. Lord, Mr. Jeremy Counts. King of Blacksburg, Derek King is coming to town, but he is not going to be the king of Blacksburg because that has already been claimed by Doctor Counts. Head on down to the Main Street Pharmacy where they have a friendly staff. They will help you with your COVID uh, initiatives and questions and
1: priorities. And Jeremy, I tell you, they got, they do delivery. They do they got, well. We got breaking news too. Don't we have breaking news related to uh, to MSP? Drop the drop the drop the bombshell here. Breaking news coming out. Of
0: the <laughs> this is Sport Center. So uh, we're we'll, we're gonna be selling T-shirts out of the Main Street Pharmacy. They are there. Shout out Hampton. He brought them over uh, today. Bass Pro Shop, Sons of Sat, uh, or I guess Shops, Sons of Sat. Uh, we're gonna be posting them on social media. You can only buy them at the Main Street Pharmacy, and they will only be available uh, for a little bit. We're not doing another order of these shirts uh, no. once they're gone. They are gone, and uh, we'll make a new order of, of a different type of uh, spin off there. But go down to there. We're retailing for $25 and uh, go check them out. The comfort nature- colors,
1: comfort colors. Everybody loves comfort colors. All you frat and srat kids, like you guys love the comfort Colors stuff. So um, get fired up about that. I'm oh, fired
0: yeah. up. Oh, yeah. So uh, head on down there where you are treated like a neighbor. Not a number. Here is our Hokie Haiku brought to you from Grant Watson. Thank you, Grant, for the submission. That's the best. Canes come to Blacksburg. We look for a bounce back win. Don't lose hope, Hokies. So let's talk Miami. We have a very, very, very special guest. Oh, man. Oof. Oof. Coming at you. 804 native from richmond virginia class of 2012 Hokie, charlotte resident golden Hokie hashtag join the hokey club a fellow section fiver and an all-around great guy we welcome to the sons of saturday dave Naus. welcome Ooh. dave
2: thanks for having me guys <laughs> appreciate it
0: oh yeah today so, we're excited to have you on to preview miami here and uh but first we know you got two handsome guys at home. Tell us about your hokey pups. We got, uh,
2: we got two good boys. We got Miller man. Who's a uh, little chunky boy. He uh, looks like a golden <laughs> retriever kind of corgi mix. Um, uh, my, bro- my wife brought him into the family and, uh, you guys may recognize, uh, Kodiak who is sit- currently sitting in section five. We got a cut out of him put out there. And uh, hopefully, we get to see him this weekend when we go up to Blacksburg for the game and get the W.
1: Look at you just dropping, coming on the Suns, dropping bombs, new news. Guys, if you didn't know, the Suns of Saturday will be in Blacksburg. We will have masks, Sons of socially, Socially Distant, but we'll be down there paying some visits to the sponsors, saying hello to the scribes, the student ambassadors. Uh, but we're really excited. I'll be making my way back up, the, back up the East Coast to New Jersey for a little while. So excited to be back in Blacksburg, back home.
0: So we love our Hokey Dogs. And before we talk about this Miami game, I just wanted to, to talk about a conversation that I was having earlier this week about just storylines that have surrounded Virginia Tech over the better part of the last two years. And that have painted Virginia Tech in a bad picture and a bad light when it was more so just a just a, Virginia Tech was the first to do it and everyone else followed suit. But since Tech did it first, we were painted in a uh, in a negative light and given people a bad impression. I'll start that with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, UVA and other schools ha- have negatively recruited against Virginia Tech, saying that you know they have a lot of people going into the portal, this, that, and the other. Uh, But really, if you zoom out, you could make the argument that Virginia Tech has come out on the positive side of the transfer portal. The transfer portal is a part of college sports now, and we have definitely had our fair share of impact players come into the program. Just look at Khalil Herbert and Brock Hoffman and a few. It's pretty
1: clear that we've come out on top of the of of the transfer portal deal. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm pretty sick of seeing that thrown around. Um, But sorry to interrupt.
0: No. So so that's just one. That's one. Number two. Caleb Farley is the first player to opt out of the season this year. Uh, he's going to be a top round pick in this upcoming draft. He says, you know, I, I, wasn't comfortable with what was going on and I'm deciding to abstain from playing this year and I'm opting out. And we say, you know, that's fine. Completely respect the decision. You know, go get your money. Make the best decision for you. But everyone else says, what's going on at Virginia Tech? Sounds like unsafe conditions. My buddy at Penn State, he's like, oh, dude, Caleb Farley, like he's not a team guy. Micah Parsons would never do that. And I texted him back. I said, dude, Micah Parsons is going to opt out within the next 10 days. And and he's like, no, he's not. He's dedicated. He wants to win a natty. Meanwhile, Penn State's uh, 0-3. But Micah Parsons opts out within the next week. Harris Ford!
1: Paris Ford's opted out, and that guy's a stud. That guy's a team guy. He's opted out. Look at right Florida State. Season. Look at all their guys that have opted out within the last and Florida week. State. Florida State's also
0: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> first, yeah, people are opting out for all types of reasons down there. But since Virginia Tech had the first player to do it, it was another just headlines. Oh no, what's going on down there? And meanwhile, you know, he's just the first domino, and we just happen to be snake bitten and have this first domino effect. And then lastly, Remember when our game against Virginia that was originally scheduled for September 19th was canceled because of the COVID cases and everyone inside of Virginia tech, outside of Virginia tech, particularly at UVA. Um, I guess it was the NC state game that was canceled first uh, from NC state side. And then UVA was canceled on our side, but everyone was freaking out and essentially pointing the finger at Virginia tech. And look at all these programs who aren't playing this weekend. How many sec football games have been canceled over the past three or four weeks? It's astronomical, but nobody has batted an eye. Nobody has raised a concern about any of those programs. Wisconsin's played like one game. It's just, it's just unbelievable how this just dark storm cloud follows around our program over things that we, either can't control or are doing our best to control and it's gonna happen to everyone else. But we are just painted in this terrible, terrible picture because it happens to us first. And it's just honestly, I think it's a luck thing.
1: This is one of my favorite segments I think you've ever done, Pat, because it's so easy for every fan base to say, woe is me, uh, and kind of, but these are perfect examples. And all of these have happened in the last 365 days. I mean, you know, at tech we talk about inventing the future. We need to start inventing our own luck because it's not—it's—it's it's definitely not gone—gone uh, gone in our favor as of lately. Dave's Dave's rocking the shirt. Uh, I actually had a sad story, or not a sad story, actually a correct story. I had to go. I went to Goodwill. I cleaned out the house uh, the other day and had to get rid of one of the not my logo T-shirts. Um, mom bought me an alumni shirt, had the wrong logo on it. Held onto it for a while because Mom got it for me. But look, you know, just got to make the right decision. So we went ahead and did that. But fantastic job on that pat. Um but yeah, talk to us a little bit about our man Damian. Just 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 crunching numbers, getting us the answers. Damian was awesome today.
0: Stat god of Hokie Nation, uh the Virginia Tech Hokie Sports webmaster Damian Salas had uh followed up on um our episode from The Liberty Review uh where I had questioned we were talking about the the field goal attempt and the timeout to potentially ice the kicker which know, had come out that we weren't necessarily icing the kicker, but finding out if the right personnel were on the field. But I had mentioned that what is the percentage of college kickers that are even, first of all, attempting kicks 50 to 59 yards or 60 plus. And then what is their completion percentage? And then is there any type of way to tie back that statistic to those being game winning field goals with that added pressure of it being with the game on the line? So Damien, dialed up the stat machine, got us a little chart here and said in 561 games so far in 2020, there's been 651 field goals made on 903 attempts. So just over 66%, uh, probably closer to 70. There have been 91 attempts of field goals between 50 and 59 and 45 have been made. So that's less than half. That's 48.9%. So right off the bat, if he's attempting a 59 yarder, there's a good chance he's not going to make it less than half uh, half percent chance. There has been one field goal this year in college football of 60 plus yards attempted and it was missed. So just right there and then you can see that, you know, if only one 60 yarder has been attempted you know, a 59 yarder is not that much differently. Um, so people aren't even att- attempting these types of field goals. And, you know, you got a guy like Alex Barbier, who's at a program like Liberty, whose touchback percentage is 20% on the year. So numbers will tell you that Liberty is going to attempt the field goal. They're going to miss from 59. No stats indicating if any of were game winners that Damien could find, but it's just going to be a super unlikely kick. It's all water under the bridge, and now we can put it to bed. But it was just uh, a statistic that we wanted to point out. That uh, Damien, can I
1: can I say something? Can I yeah. say something? We're going to do a little exercise here, okay? Exercise. I'm pretty sure the root r- the root word of exorcism is exercise. Uh, so we're going to do a little exercise exorcism here before getting into the Miami game. Now, now, Pat, you and I have been in rare form. Okay, last week was tough. It was really hard. I had shortness of breath. I was sweating. Um, you know, just not a really enjoyable experience. I wasn't eating as much as I typically eat. Um, just not good. I made avocado toast. They usually do it with four eggs. I was doing it with like one or two and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I wasn't even putting the red pepper flakes on it. So what's happening? What's the deal? Look, we talked about it. There's nothing we could do about Liberty. Damien, thank you for the great stat. Appreciate it. But here's the deal. We're going to report it, record a podcast. Y'all have turned on the podcast from here on out. We're talking about how we're going to beat Miami. From here on out, that's what's going to happen. I don't care who you want coaching the team. I don't care what you think about what uniform we're wearing. I don't care about you being upset about anything. I'm upset too. I woke up today and I stubbed my toe on the way to the bathroom this morning. But right now, we're focused on beating the Miami Hurricanes, a top 10 football team with a talented uh, quarterback who everybody was telling us is a Heisman contender. And everybody's telling us how much we suck. I'm trying to beat Miami. We got a top 10 team coming into lane. Let's break it down. Let's find a way to get it done. Why not us, Pat? Why not us, Dave? Why not us? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So
0: let's kick it off. Hokie history, Virginia Tech, Miami, Big East foes, ACC foes. We have been squaring up against the Miami Hurricanes since 1953. Uh, In 37 meetings, Virginia Tech has won 15 games, conceded 22 games, is on a one-game winning streak due to the Captain Hooker uh, emergence of the 2019 game in Miami Gardens. Um, As far as this rivalry goes, this was a serious rivalry back in the Big East days. Usually the winner of the Virginia Tech-Miami game would go on to win the Big East title when both teams joined the ACC in 2004. It was cracked out that uh, Virginia Tech, Miami, and Florida State would be the top three teams in the conference. Miami has not won an ACC title in, what has it been, 15, 15 years. Zero ACC titles, only one ACC championship game appearance in that time, uh, which is kind of crazy. Dwight Vick put out a cool tweet earlier in the week uh, that kind of gave us a, a moving forward perspective. He says, "A trend I've seen since I played with Virginia Tech. In 95, Tech was 0 and 2 teetering on a bad season. Miami was the next game. V- VT won. 2003, VT coming off a bad loss to West Virginia, next week we beat number 2 Miami. 2011, VT lost to Clemson, next game beat Miami, the famous 2011 third and our fourth and Logan game." 2019 embarrassing loss to Duke, which we felt so similar then as we do now. And we came back and had an incredible win at Miami under uh, Hendon hooker and an incredible defensive performance, forcing, uh, three interceptions. Uh, not saying that happens again. I'm not even sure the current V teams know about the VT versus Miami battles and the rivalry history, but, Let's turn the page and let's jump into some storylines. Manny Diaz is the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. He's coming in. Uh, this is his second year as Miami's head coach. We all know his uh, short stint as the Temple University head coach. He was defensive coordinator at Miami. He got hired to Temple. And then within what was it a few days, a few weeks, uh, Two weeks job, Mark Rick retires and the job becomes available at Miami and <laughs> Manny is offered and he comes back all the way down to, to South beach. Um,
1: Miami speaking comes, of which, in- the, speaking of which, just a real, cause Mark Rick won't come up again. Did anyone see that video of Mark Rick on Twitter with the Trevor Lawrence hair? I wish you wouldn't do that. That was, that, that was the uncomfortable zone. If anybody saw that. Was that
0: like a, a delayed Halloween spinoff? I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't really uh, Yeah, sure. I didn't
1: really know what he was going for. I'm not a huge fan, though. Not a huge fan.
0: <laughs> so uh, Miami comes into this game six and one, five and one in conference. They are third uh, in third place in the HCC with their lone loss coming to the hands of Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers. We got the Australia punter battle: Oscar Bradburn, uh, Lou Headley. Let's zoom out here. Can we talk about how great this little uh, Aussie-punter rivalry is and how great college football is? I know Matei's fired up. But we know Matej's fired up. The fact that you can get – first of all, take a look at Lou Headley. That guy, he is, he is large. He's a little scary looking uh, from <laughs> down under – But uh, the fact that these guys can come out from Australia and live out their college football dreams in the United States and get an opportunity is is pretty cool and pretty awesome and makes college football pretty unique. So that'll be a good storyline here. Talk to me about Coach Fuente overseeing the scout team in practice, Billy. It sounded like from Tech Talk Live that practice was not great the previous two weeks before Louisville and before Liberty. And Hewitt, Hewitt and Waller were talking about how it seemed like there'd been a lot more juice, but what does this, what does this mean that coach Fu is taking the reins and scout team?
1: Yeah, I got to say, um, first of all, hats off to, to laser Burnup and, uh, Fuente for a great, a great hokey pod, very candid, great conversation. It was great to hear from all three of them, uh, in light of what is a difficult week. Nobody liked what transpired last week. Um, but, uh, we got to hear coach talk about it and address some of the stuff that was going on and, and learn some stuff. Um, but the, he was completely right. We were not consistent against Louisville. Um, it's kind of funny. Luther Maddie put out a tweet. Uh, it was either Luther Maddie or it was, um, it was Brendan Hill where, you know, you look at the Liberty, you look at the Louisville game and there were a bunch of reasons and a bunch of question marks and a bunch of red flags. We are like, okay, this is not going great. Okay. We didn't do this very well, but we won the game. So we won the game. So we we're on the Liberty. And then you go on to Liberty and you have those same issues. You have those same problems. And the last play of the game goes one way. And now it's a, you know, it's a catastrophe. The fact of the matter is the defense has been horrible the last two weeks. The Defense hasn't had an identity all year. Um, and I want to address this also by saying that you have to give some sort of wiggle room to the fact that it is, again, we've talked about it before how there is a different scheme being done and a different technique being taught. Um, within the interior defensive line, which is why our linebackers are being so muddied up. And you lost the ability to teach this in the spring. You lost the ability to evaluate in the spring. You lost the ability to get all the kids on the same page in the spring. Again, Taiwan Garbutt's just getting back. You're mixing Fuga in there. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, so at the end of the day, all you can do right now is take advantage of the practice time that you have. Um, and Coach Fuente going over there, bringing some juice over to the scout team, um, you know, going to be interesting to see what happens because something has to change. And um, I'm really excited to see how that pans out. Uh, it's from, from everything that I've heard, practice has gone great. Pra- guys are flying around, doing everything that they can do. Uh, Virginia Tech has made, you know, I wish we weren't in a position to have to do this, but coming off of bad losses, we've been able to bounce back against really good teams. Um, we don't like Miami. Miami doesn't like us. And this is a huge, this is a huge game. Kids are going to have to play hard for the team itself and going to have to play hard for their coach as well. Um, but just to add to the storyline thing here, Pat, before you uh, continue on, it's health. You know, a lot of people are talking about De'Ara King and our run game. I mean, you know, we got we got beat up last week. We had uh, Nick Gallo got hurt, Jeff uh, Jeff Mitchell, J- uh, James Mitchell got hurt last week, and, um, you know, Khalil Herbert is going to be another question mark. So I think a key, key component to this game coming up here is our health and uh, who's going to be available Um, because it's going to be in our best interest. We're going to need a playmaker down the field, but we're also going to need to keep Derek King off of the field. Uh, And a large part of that is Khalil Herbert. So um, that's another kind of storyline for you.
0: Yeah. On top of that, uh, we know Ashby was banged up and Mm -hmm. uh, we saw Hewitt got a little banged up out there. So uh, it's going to be key to have some of our playmakers and some of our leaders out on the field this weekend and if they're not uh you know we're gonna see who's gonna be able to step up um but yeah you mentioned Derek king he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to contain this is our third consecutive dual threat quarterback and we have been torched up and down the field back-to-back weeks from uh, malik cunningham and malik willis and we're gonna we're gonna jump into Derek king we're gonna jump into the miami offense but before we do that we got to hear the dave now special uh can you tell us about the 2016 Thursday night Section Five uh, storyline between the Section Five crew and what was going on with the Miami bench.
2: Yeah, so uh, the Section Five crew. Uh, it all started with the the senior John Barlow, great guy, obviously. But uh, they have front row tickets down in Section Five, and it ends up being on the 25 or the 20 25 yard line, right behind where the kicker sets up. Uh, usually the offensive line or the defensive line is sitting towards the end next to the kicker as well, always getting coached up. So 2016, Thursday night game. Um, shout out Josh Barcel. He allowed us to stay at his parents' house after the game. Uh, but we uh, we had a our, our good time tailgating in downtown, and so we were feeling pretty juiced up. And as you know, 2016, we went to the ACC championship game, and uh, I think we had seven sacks against... Um, the game was awesome. Yeah, seven sacks uh, against Brad Kaya, the uh, by Felicia superstar. But he, uh, <laughs> we were, we ran John into the uh, into the ears of the defensive lineman. They're getting worked, and then there's this one guy. I believe his name was Cortell Jenkins. Was Cortell, I played against Cortell Jenkins in high school. No way. So yeah, the uh, so, Paul so Catholic. We were, oh well, uh, I hope he's doing well. He was, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. He didn't give us the nicest uh, reception, but we were, we were jawing at him. You know, nothing rude or anything, but we kind of got in his head. And at one point, he turned around and said some explicit or expletives, and uh, gave us the bird. And uh, after after that, we just we went on down the road, and we went to tots. We had a great time, and <laughs> uh, but you know, section five, we uh, we gave them the business that game. Uh, gave gave them the near for sure.
1: Jeez, oh. on the field and off the field, love that twenty 26- six. Man, was that not one of the – got to be one of the most memorable wins in, in recent memory, is it not? Uh, that
2: one, uh, it was significantly better than Miami 2018, to say yes. the least. that is the uh they for both, and drastically different picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> section 5, you know, Section 5 gets in people's heads, you know, whether it's 2016 Miami or 2019 Josh Skiba and, uh, and Sam Hartman. From Wake Forest. Sam Hartman definitely knows what it's like to hear from Section 5. But uh, we're going to roll into the Miami offense here. So, uh, they're scoring for uh, 34 points a game. This was an interesting statistic I saw after, after Liberty dominated us in possession. Miami is losing the time of possession battle on the year. Uh, they've had the ball on average for 28 minutes and 17 seconds. So it's not drastic uh, and it could cause uh, the, the cause for that could be a lot of explosive, big plays, but bill, will talk about that later. Derek King is the quarterback. He is a transfer quarterback from Houston was one of the bigger stories of the offseason transferring from Houston to Miami, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,830 yards on the year. Played absolutely lights out last week uh, at NC State on Friday night, 430 yards, five touchdowns, and had another 105 yards on the ground. Uh, Bill, talk to me a little bit about this guy.
1: Yeah, uh, 2,235 all-purpose yards, and we're going to talk about this in Keys to the Game, but one thing that really stood out to me as, a, as an area of opportunity for Virginia Tech is with our defense, my biggest gripe has been those 10 15, seven minute, you know, 10 or 15 play seven minute drives down the field. Um, Dave, I'll know you're You'll kind of touch on this as well, but their offense is so boomer bust their offense. They don't turn the ball over a ton, but they don't really have the ability to drive the ball down the field. Um, you, if you look at their scoring plays from last week, it's six plays, three, three and out, three and out, three and out, seven plays. I think they had one or two drives over 10 plays. Um, So I think if you put Miami in a position where they're going to have to convert over and over and over again, they're not, they may make a mistake or they'll have to go three and out. So I think that really needs to be a real key for this defense is just prevent De'Ara King's going to get his 100, 150 yards on the ground. There's nothing that you can do about that. Um, But if you can continuously make them have to matriculate, uh, SAT word, matriculate the ball down the field. Um, I think that's the way that you're really going to have to handle this. And NC state did a good job of that last week. Um, So I think that's going to be the, uh, that's one thing to key on on there.
0: Yeah. King is their second leading rusher over 400 yards on the ground. And they also have a couple other solid backs. Uh, Cameron Harris is their best back with 408 yards, five yards per carry, five touchdowns. And then Donald Cheney jr. Is their number two. Uh, So they have the ability to turn out yardage on the ground. But they also have very, very, very talented wide receivers and very talented tight ends. Uh, They have some outside threats, and they have some depth at the wide receiver position. They have a veteran lineup. Uh, But a couple guys, Mike Harley and Mark Pope. Harley, 35 catches, 500 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky fast, as Dave was saying earlier before we pressed record. Mark Pope is another one uh who has 25 catches on the year and a touchdown their tight ends are really what we need to watch out for and where our coverage is going to need to be uh disciplined here Brevin Jordan tight end 60 yards a game three touchdowns has not played since the Clemson game which was a month ago and Manny Diaz is hopeful for his return this week, uh, which would be brutal because of how effective he is. But Dave had some sons of speculations. What what were you thinking, Dave? Snooping around, little, he says. A little
2: sons of snooping going on today on the day off. But um, <laughs> apparently he was supposed to be good to go last week for NC State. And then uh, middle of the week, uh, Diaz said he was good and then he didn't play. And um, again, today at their presser, he said he's, uh, you know, he will find out later. So um, snooping around, it sounds like they think that it may be a COVID related issue. So, you know, contact tracing 10 days or two weeks, whatever it is, um, he may not be there on Saturday, which would be big.
0: Yeah, some detect some nice detective work there. Um, uh, he is definitely their best tight end. And they also have Will Mallory, who is the red zone target. Kind of reminds me of Andre Smith from back in the Tyrod rod days, four touchdowns on 13 receptions.
1: Honestly, um, Miami's had some pretty good tight ends over the last few years. I remember they had David Joku from Cedar Grove in New Jersey. They got these guys. Miami's Greg, been churning out some Greg uh, Olson, man. The camp. Greg Olson too. Yeah.
0: Another you know, Jersey guys all over. Jersey guys love going to Miami. You know they love they love the GTL up here. They love the the rinse, rave, and repeat. I don't know what it is down in South. Oh
1: my god! Uh, like I don't
0: know. They, they, it's Miami, man. If you've ever been to a game at Miami Stadium, it is a. I'm not going to call it an out of body experience because that's not the correct verbiage. Um, that stadium gets surprisingly loud. Ever since they redid hard, uh, the Hard Rock Stadium, super loud because they they kind of closed in the roof. The noise stays in but their fans are a different breed and not really folks that you want to engage with in any environment. Uh, but we'll move along to the defense here. Dave, can you give us the rundown on the Miami Hurricane defense?
2: So this is a, you know, on paper, it's a typical Miami defense when you look at it. Uh, they're only allowing 25 points a game. You got some big names, uh, Al Blades Jr., who plays cornerback. and Then you got the Temple transfer, Quincy Rocher. And, uh, five, former five-star defenseman, Jalen Phillips, who transferred. That name Quincy Rocher
1: sounds familiar. Uh, sounds familiar,
2: Dave. Yeah, he, we actually flirted with him or he flirted with us. I don't know how you want to call it, but he almost transferred to tech. Then uh, he decided he liked to have a good time down in South beach. So he went on down there. Uh, but I think the big thing that sticks out to me is that their linebacking core isn't as intimidating as last year. Uh, You had Shaq uh, Quarterman and Pinkney, I believe was his last name. Those guys were complete studs for three, four years down at Miami. It seemed like they were there since I was in college. But, um, you know, it's been a while, but, you you know, they're not really popping up on the stat sheet as much. And so looking at their leading tacklers, it's kind of interesting. They have their top five guys are either safeties or defensive ends. And then you get down to Bradley Jennings, who is their – you know, high you know, only has
1: twenty five tackles at the linebacking spot. Well, like I said last week, I mean, more than anything, that just points out to the fact that the running back or whoever's got the ball is getting to that third level, which is certainly not ideal for any defense. Um, so yeah, that's an, uh, that's an interesting find there. As I mentioned last week, Chamari Connor leading tackling like the last three weeks, six out of seven games of safeties leading tackling for us, uh, which gives a big opportunity, especially if we're healthy and we can run the ball, we're going to be able to run the ball on these guys.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think we have an opportunity uh, to that second level and hopefully Herbert is, uh, is healthy and we can exploit that, but uh, other numbers to look at. So Miami is known for their turnover chain that really came into prominence in 2018. So, uh, looking at their turnovers, they've only forced 10 total turnovers this year. They've forced five turnovers and five fumble recoveries, uh, with to go along with two other fumbles that they forced but didn't recover. So it's kind of interesting looking at who actually has those uh turn or the interceptions for Miami. So it's Al Blades has two, Bubba Bolton has one, then defensive end Jalen Phillips must have caught, caught one off a batted ball or something, he got an interception, and then D Wiggins who is like a fifth string wide receiver. So he must've been playing prevent defense uh, on a Hail Mary or something and and caught it, but uh, I found that pretty interesting. So compared to, you know, 2018, 2019, where they had 25, I believe it was, yeah, 25 different uh, takeaways in 2018 and then 17, they certainly aren't on pace to have, have that this year. So they're still averaging about one and a half turnovers per game but it's not the two from 2018 when that turnover chain became famous. Um, to finish up, we got Quincy Rocher. He's uh he is a, a freak. So is Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I believe he's like six foot five, 265 coming off the end. So he is a specimen to say the least, uh, but they haven't been as disruptive uh, when it comes to sacks. So they only have 17 sacks total this year opposed to 46 last year. So they're down from about three and a half, four per game last year. I think that they they Greg Rousseau had 15 or 16 last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're uh, Quincy Rochet only has two and a half, but he does have 10 tackles for loss, which I might add Amari Barno actually has 10 and a half. So Boom. it could be interesting to see those guys, but I think that we could be able to exploit them. They're definitely not as explosive as that 2018 or 2019 team, in terms of uh, takeovers or sacks. So we have that going for us and uh, we we've only allowed 12 sacks. So that could be, you know, that could be a game breaker. If we were able to, you know, pass the ball and run the ball on them a little bit, get to that second level away from those defensive ends.
1: Yeah. And in terms of some matchups just to look after here, um, you know, you're completely right. Quincy Roche has been making, you know, big plays, um, they have a lot of talent. Look, Miami's always going to have talent on defense. Always, that will be a mainstay for as long as Miami has a football team. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. I only have one matchup that I really that that like I went out of my way to put onto this podcast this week. It's our offensive line. I mean, Coach Coach Fuente came on here and talked about it uh, a couple months ago. Last year, our freshman and sophomore offensive linemen went in handled Gregory Russo uh, and handled their business. And this offensive line, Trayvon Hill and, and Trayvon Hill, uh, this offensive line, Dalton Keen, Dalton Keen as well. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, like they've been there, they've done that. And regardless of how this season has played out and how the, you know, little frustration points, the offensive line has handled their business and has been maiming people all year long. The vice squad has not dropped off. People aren't talking about it as much, but that's a great unit. uh, And it's going to be, Quite frankly, a pissed off unit uh, coming up here on Saturday. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to watching some some big time offensive line play, move some guys around. Uh, again, Miami's going to have the high profile guys. This is a gritty, gritty offensive line. I'm looking forward to look watching them get after it on uh, on Saturday. So, jumping into
0: special teams here, <clears throat> uh, we mentioned the Miami punter, Lou Headley. He's having a good year, 46-plus yards per punt. He's averaging just about four punts a game. Jose Borregales, transfer from Florida International. This is a very, very solid kicker for the Miami Hurricanes. 13-14 of with a long of 57. And his only missed kick was a blocked kick against UVA. Um, So definitely sound in special teams. As far as punt returning, kick returning from more on the average side as well. Question. But
1: yes. I, I want to I hear what you guys think. Do we think Tavion Robinson is returning punts this week? And if not, who do we think is? Is it going to be Raheem? Is it going to be uh, Khalil if he's healthy? Personally, personally, I think Tavion Robinson is still re- returning punts. For better, For for what take that as you may, I think he's going to be returning punts. We'll start with Dave.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be back out there. Uh, I think Coach Fu on Tech Talk Live on Monday mentioned that at, he had a really good return to start off the game lat, uh, last week. I think is his best return of the year. And then, you know, that one where he muffed it on the five. But, you know, if he's not out there, I can see Blackshear, but that's about the only
1: other person I think would be there. Maybe Keyshawn King. I
0: I would say it's doubtful that we see someone else out there. It would be interesting. Um, I I think if Tavion didn't have his solid return, like Dave just said, then he would not be out there. And I think a a Blackshear uh, would take his place for this week, especially because so many people want to see the coaching staff make changes, whether it's uh, in in the offensive scheme uh, and play calling or – you know, personnel wise, this would be a personnel
1: change that, you know, some changes are required week over week. Well, not to get mean, but anyone asking for an offensive uh, scheme change is an idiot. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep saying that as long as we have a top 20 offense, there's no reason to change the offensive scheme, but I definitely know where you're coming from. Sorry. I had to, I had to chime in with that.
0: Yeah. More so, <laughs> more so uh, play calling, but um, mm-hmm. I think we'll see, we'll see Tay out there. Yeah. I,
2: I don't think, you know, if, You know, it's not like Herbert's been out there fumbling or anything like that. So, you know, he has one bad fumble or something like that. You're going to put him back out there. But if Tay does, you know, you got to get him out there because he's our best player. Especially, you know, when he came in last year, he completely changed our return game. He's such a threat back there that you got to give him a little bit of a leash. Yep.
0: Um, So before we move into keys to the game here, I just I just wanted to bring something up for the topic of discussion and for the sake of fun. Uh, Dave had mentioned Hail Mary that a uh, that the, you know the wide receiver potentially went in on prevent defense caught a Hail Mary and we'd be remiss if we didn't really talk about the 2019 game I know we kind of we kind of brushed over it in Hokie history it's because we had some other things to talk about on the top of this episode here but the one thing that stands out to me that was just absolutely ridiculous and hilarious was the coverage of that game by Mark Jones and Dusty Dvorak and how they did the low five. Oh, man. The low five after the Hail Mary at halftime. Um, wow. Talk about memory lane. Like, that was absolutely – Doesn't that feel like it was forever ago?
2: That it, was – yeah. What, it was just over a year ago, last October, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. it was. It was hysterical, and then Dusty came out on Twitter and was – coming at Virginia Tech fans and just acting, acting a
1: fool. And and now we have the ACC network. How lucky were we to have Mark Jones? And now we've been gifted the ACC network, but with the sec, not playing football this week, we've been moved to ESPN too, which is a, which is a, which is a welcomed, uh, which is a welcomed upgrade. So um, check your local listings.
0: (laughs) See you guys at noon.
1: So keys to the game.
0: We've been talking all year about the Hub Blacksburg, and why if you are a student or if you are a parent of a student, and you don't have your housing situation figured out yet for the 2021-2022 campaign, it's time to walk on over, or drive on over, or ride your scoot scoot on over to the Hub Blacksburg. Uh, they have incredible facilities great floor plans they got they got utilities they got hot tubs they got uh coach coach Sheebus. does coach Sheebus do curls bill does he would you ever he's see he's more coach of Shibis?
1: a uh he's more of a treadmill guy or a stair stepper guy i haven't seen him do curls um but i'm sure they big, do big have 12 a store ounce stuff. curls <laughs> yeah um so i'm not sure um but yeah definitely pete morris maybe on the on the on the, on the curl machine who knows who knows Gotcha. Okay. So yeah,
0: Pete Morris on the curls, Pete Morris, maybe doing some squats with uh, bags of rice or corn. Uh, I don't know if they have that at the hub gym, but I'm sure they do because they got a lot of cool stuff. If you (laughs) sign a lease at the hub Blacksburg, a two by two apartment, you will get free parking for the entire year. If both roommates sign again in two by two, two bedroom, two bathroom at the hub Blacksburg, the hub Blacksburg is the preferred partner. Housing partner of the Sons of Saturday. And we're going to give you the keys right here to this game. The Hub Blacksburg is going to give you keys to your dream off campus. Wow. Wow. Well done, Pat. So it's possibly you. (laughs) Investors? Possibly you. All right. Dave, kick us off with keys to the game.
2: Yeah. my, uh, My first key to the game, I think we really got to utilize play action, get the tight ends involved. Uh the Hokies are averaging two hundred and seventy-seven yards a game on the ground, and Miami's only giving up about 148 yards. So something's gotta give. We just started establishing the, the run and uh which corn does honestly great. He you know you know builds it up and then gets that play action involved, and we can get uh Gallo and, and Mitchell involved. I think we can have another big day just like Dalton Keene did last last year.
0: That was a huge day for Dalton. Three touchdowns, almost had four. And that was, I think that was when TEU, the tight end dojo, really yep. got going. James Mitchell had a great game as well. Uh, for me, it's going to be third down. While on offense, on third down, Virginia Tech is converting 36% of third down conversions. That is no bueno. Uh, we have to, as Billy's been saying all year long, on first down and on second down, we can't be setting ourselves up For third down and seven, third down and eight, third down and long, uh, because we're going to have a lower percentage of conversion if we got a longer way to go. Conversely, on the flip side, we have to create long third and fourth downs for the Miami offense when we are on defense. So here's a stat. We've been throwing a lot of stats out. Here's a stat that is an ugly statistic. Opposing teams have converted 16 of 21 fourth down conversions this that year. That
1: is so horrible.
0: That is oh 76%. That is brutal. <sighs> that is essentially meaning, first of all, 21 times. 21 times, and we played seven games. So three times a game, we're going to be facing a fourth down in short. <sighs> and more times than not, they're going to get it. Um, so we need to create long third and fourth down situations so that Lou Headley, Mr. Australian scary looking puncher guy is going to boot it to Tay Rob and Tay Rob's going to have a nice 15 yard return. So that's my key to the game.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my key to the game's pretty simple here. One of them we've done in spurts and the other one we haven't done at all. Um, gap integrity. Uh, it's going to come down to keeping the King, in the pocket, not letting him run wild. Uh, Um, he's going to get his, can't get frustrated. Got to trust your keys. Got to do your job on defense. Got to be fundamentally sound. And we're going to, Grayson's not on here, but he would say it. We have to tackle. We have to wrap up. Can't put ourselves in a position where, you know, there were so many times over the last few weeks where, you know, you got someone wrapped up, they get three or four extra yards and it's a first down or it's a drive extending play. Uh, and then on offense, just got to have consistent drives, got to have the offense, got to win the time of possession. Um, You know, you could say this every week that you want to win the time of possession, but especially against a team like Miami with the weapons that they have longer that are, you know, obviously the longer that our offense is on the field, the less long that our defense is on the field. Win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, I trust our offensive line. Our offensive line has proven, proven that they've been able to do it. Uh, And aside from that, defensively got to win, got to win the line of scrimmage. Miami's not, t- not really a, a kill you on the ground type of team, uh, but can't get pushed around. So looking, show me something guys, show me something. We got it. We got We got to take a step forward. This is the week to do it. Backs are against the wall has to happen. So that's what we're looking for here on keys.
0: All right. So we're going to move forward here into the letters from the lunch pail. Thank you everyone for your submissions this week. Letters from the lunch pail. Is brought to you by Youscape Apparel. All right. Sons of honesty. We did a Usecape Apparel apparel challenge on Instagram this past week. I don't know if you guys saw. I was pretending to be Uncle Rico. I was throwing the football in my Usecape <laughs> crew neck. <laughs> and everyone comments the score predictions. And my Penn State fan friend, the same guy who was telling me about Micah Parsons. One... The score prediction challenge. So we had to send him Penn State gear. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. One, that is a testament to him and to you, for saying, all right, you know, we can pivot here. We can send him a Penn State, uh, you know, T-shirt or sweatshirt. But two, we got to get more Hokies
1: commenting so we can't have Penn State guys winning the giveaway. But- well, Penn State needs a win somewhere. Penn State oh. wins are hard to come by for Penn State. So I'm glad that we were able to uh, bring him some joy as his football team is not doing so. That is true. Um, but no, YouScape apparel does an
0: incredible job. Uh, as far as we, we posted our winners last week, shout out Tommy, Tommy Burford. Um, awesome maroon sweatshirt with Burris Hall, Torrey Bridge, etching of Lane Stadium. We got the Burris Hall crewnecks. We have hats. Uh, we have all types of tie-dye, uh, apparelry. All over uscapeapparel.com. Use promo code Sons of Sat at uscapeapparel.com. You get 15% off of your purchase. But also, the Rep Your Skyline thing, Bill. What do, what do you like most about Rep Your Skyline? You know, are you rep in New York right now? Are you rep in Boston? I know you're you're in Atlanta. Like, what are you really trying to rep? And tell me why tech is best to
1: rep. Look, Virginia Tech is home. I've uh, you know, Westwood, New Jersey is where I grew up. It made me Virginia Tech is home. We got some beautiful buildings, some beautiful architecture. Why would you not want to rep the beautiful buildings on campus that you walked by as you were a young whooper snapper becoming the man or woman you are today. The buildings that you cheered together, you yelled together, you cried, you celebrated together. On a shirt? Come on now. Uscape Apparel. Fantastic. So glad to have them aboard. Pat I'm fired up! Oh, and my Uscape apparel—I had it ordered after or before I left for Atlanta. I'm gonna come back and have a nice little package of Uscape. Maybe do some modeling for you guys. Who knows? Uh, so we'll uh, could be will be a hit. So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll see soon.
0: Want to see some Slusher Tower on Uscapes next? No,
1: Atlanta. no, no. Slusher R- Tower P- can't get cannot get demolished fast enough.
0: Hashtag, hashtag RIP Slusher. Hashtag Save Slusher. Oh my um, <laughs> Jeremy counts, are we going to keep a are we going to keep a spy on King? Can we keep a spy on King? Should King be forced to change his last name because I am the only true king?
1: I sure hope so. I mean, I'll say this, Tech did adjust uh in the second half against Liberty. We did see some spying going on with uh our defensive line and our linebackers on Malik Willis. So, it's going to be interesting to see what we do. Um but regardless, gap, gap integrity, it starts with gap integrity. Uh, a lot of people just think, oh, put a spy on him, and then it's all good. It's like, no, the spy is A, not as fast as as Derek King. Um, so you have to maintain gap integrity and win at the line of scrimmage. So I do hope we put a spy on him, you know, make some adjustments here. And, uh, yes, Jeremy, we addressed it. The one king of the Sons of Saturday podcast, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think that's pretty straightforward. So these
0: next two, I'm going to combine them. Brian Holbrook. And Patrick Lawrence, if Herbert is out or ineffective due to his hamstring, how does the offense adjust to keep pace? Hooker had 20 carries for 156 last week. Blackshear had nine for 33. No one else had more than one carry. Trey Turner, is he healthy enough to assert himself as wide receiver one? And then Patrick Lawrence. Will Holston get more carries or will he continue to be neglected? I get he's a good lead blocker and hooker is great scrambling, but at some point it's too risky to run Hendon when Holston is more than capable of getting good yardage. I agree with that. Holston, one carry, 12 yards. People have been making fun of me saying that Holston's like the most improved guy on the team. That was after one game. I know it was a hot take. I'm sorry. Sorry for the folks out there. Uh, But I love Holston and I would love to see him get more carries uh, to take, to take the beating off of Hendon uh, in a situation. If Blackshear's only getting nine for 33, you know, why can't we give Holston five or six carries bill? What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, coach addressed it in his, it is raining cats and dogs outside. Um, He addressed it in his, uh, in tech talk live today, Marco Lee and Taj Gary are just not, not ready right now. But my question is, you know, if, if it's not going to be Holston, where's Keyshawn King? It'd be interesting to see if we get Keyshawn King, some touches, uh, we're going to have to get creative, but again, I know we're very separate on this issue and we kind of disagree, uh, especially Grayson, um, Hendon Hooker is the bell bell cow, man. He's, he, he, he can handle it. Had a bunch of carries last week, um, adds another dynamic. And, uh, you know, if, if, if Khalil Herbert can't go, I'm interested to see what we do, but, um, You know, my question marks are Keyshawn King and Jalen Holston, uh, but the guys that I'm going to Trey Turner, who's gotten better every week, Hendon Hooker, who's been the bell cow, and Raheem Blackshear, who it looks like we're just trying to find where where the best place is to put him uh, for maximum efficiency. So uh, we're gonna have to make it happen.
0: I gotta say,
2: Turner's really been stepping up ever since the Wake Forest game. Whenever we've been faced with a little bit of adversity, he's been rallying up the troops and really getting after it. So that. That drive, I believe, at the end of the first half of Wake Forest, he just he came out and had two, three, two, three t- uh, touches. I think, Pat, you're just like, get Trey, Trey the ball, get Trey the ball, get Trey the ball. And sure enough, we went right down the field. So uh, we just got to keep keep Trey healthy.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, I feel like the, uh, the last drive against Liberty and that last uh, two-minute drill before halftime against Wake were almost identical in getting the ball to Trey, and uh, we need to keep doing that. We need to act like there's always you know, a minute 45 left in the game because it seems like that's when our offense moves most effectively. Uh, we got another question here from BK19Ax. VT has played numerous unproven players. Have any stood out? Are any guys in the secondary at least since that's been a huge problem health-wise? I know you guys were talking about someone uh, earlier on that we have, uh, have praised in the most recent episode.
1: Yeah. Um, Dorian strong has been absolutely fantastic. He's been a great ad, uh, Dave, you can, uh, you can give, give me what what you're thinking here. Uh, but the secondary in general has, has just been, you know, guys stepping up by committee. Uh, but Dorian strong is definitely the answer for me.
2: Yeah. For me, I'd say Amari Barno. Um, you know, everybody in the off-season didn't know if he was going to be a linebacker defensive end, but that man is, is disruptive. You put some weight on him. Uh, I honestly, he's like, he kind of reminds me of daddy Nicholas at first. That is a a phenomenal comp. That is a phenomenal comp. Uh, But I think he can put on a little bit more weight and I think he's going to be super, super dangerous this year and next year going forward.
1: And the one other, the one other one that's, you know, a question mark. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what the deal is. Um, but, uh, Keonta Jenkins, obviously, uh, through speaking with folks like, in terms of work ethic and understanding and and just everything about him. Keonta Jenkins is is going to be a really good football player for Virginia Tech for a good amount of time. Uh, Haven't been able to see him on the field for the last few weeks, but uh, a big fan of his game and how he's approached everything uh, and was definitely a shining star at the beginning of the season. So we're going to finish up here.
0: Score predictions. Brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. They make me a they make Bill smile. Dave's over there smiling. I see those pearly whites. Head on down there. 50% off your teeth bleachery. If you mention that the Suns sent you for your teeth bleaching. Okay. Dave, my book, it it was saying two and a half. It opened at two and a half. It's saying Hokie's minus two now. Why? Why do you think we're favored? What, what's going on with that? Um, I gotta say it, the metrics
2: love our offense, uh, super efficient offense for the Hokies. And as, uh, you guys pointed out earlier this episode that the Miami offense, honestly, it's just big, uh, uh explosive plays. You know, I'm looking at their stats right now. It just, you know, their longs for the season of all gone for touchdowns, 54, 47, 40, 45, 75. Those are all touchdowns. But, um, I think with us being at home, um, you know, I think right now they're probably given two, three points for being the, being at home. So if it was a neutral site, it'd probably be a pick on uh, ESPN likes us uh, SM or the football power index likes us. Uh, Mark Sagren's rankings don't really like us, uh, but he could be wrong. Uh, but, and then, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting after, you know, if you watched us last week, it wouldn't make any sense, but I, th- I think we bounce bu- bounce back just because this is what that team does. So two points at home. Um, I wouldn't touch it, but you know, I don't bet enough, bet on the Hokies. So, but yeah, I think the, uh, the metrics just like us, that's it.
1: So an- another angle to this game and, and Pat, I, you know, a little flashback Friday when we were looking at the schedule, we were like, Ooh, Miami's coming to Blacksburg in like, you know, early, mid November, it's going to be a little cold not as Borat would say, uh, the weather for, uh, Saturday is going to be 57 and sunny. Um, so good for watching the game. Kind of wish it was a little bit colder. Love to get Miami in the cold. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll give you the score predictions right after we nail the Grant Watson line of the game. Grant Watson has been killing this. One more thing. Oh, 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 oh. I have to
0: say these are important. These are important things to know. Um, Miami's got to travel all the way from Miami and then get out of bed and roll out of bed for a noon kickoff. Do you know how much more – and Coach Fu was talking about this on, on TTL. Um, do we know how much more of an advantage it is just to, to be where you are where you're playing the game? I know they, they got the trip to Roanoke, but uh, they got to come all the way up from, from Miami to play at Virginia Tech. And then just a, a shout-out to my dad. It's going to be 57 degrees on Saturday. It's November. I don't need to wear sunscreen. I'm going to check the UV index. It's going to be like, it's going to be like a two max of three. We're out there on the golf course. My dad's like, Hey Patty, we need some sunscreen. And I was just like, dude, check the UV index. Check it out. We don't need sons
1: it. of skincare. It's important. Take care of your skin. You only get one. You only get one. Uh, you only get one suit. Um, but aside from that, yeah. Noon games, you're getting up at six 30. You're in meetings at seven o'clock. So yeah, um, after a day of traveling so certainly not certainly not I wouldn't say it's not ideal because it seems like a lot of the kids love it like Dax has come out and said he loves noon kickoffs coach Fuente said he's loved noon kickoffs um but Andy Bitter loves Andy Bitter (laughs) loves the noon kickoff gets to knock out his write-up so um so yeah noon kick all right great um the line from Grant Watson um this one's obvious to me Line from Grant Watson is 100 yards over or under for Hendon Hooker on the ground. I don't care if Khalil Herbert is playing. I don't care if Herschel Walker is playing. I don't care who is playing. I think Hendon Hooker is absolutely going over 100 yards on the ground on Saturday. What do you think, Dave? Oh, 100%. There is no doubt in my mind that man's getting over 100 yards. If
2: if he doesn't, then uh, we got bigger (laughs) issues.
1: Yeah, without further ado, let's get right into the score predictions itself. Um I'm going 38-31 Tech. Backs against the wall. Got to find a way to get it done. Top 10 team in uh in Lane Stadium. Pat, when's the last time we won a top 10 uh top 10 home game? 2009, Miami. 2009 against Miami. In the rain. In the, in the, rain. the rain. I was there, broken ankle. Dave oh, was there with his broken ankle. Um so yeah, I'm going to go uh Tech 38, Miami 31. Big time win, bounce back win. Uh let's make it happen. Dave, what you got? I think we got a, a high scoring affair. I think we're, you know,
2: I said it on Saturday, right after we lost. It's like we're gonna beat Miami. Just that's that's just what's gonna happen. So I'm gonna go 45-42 hokies. Oof.
0: Guys, this is the Sons of Saturday. You all know that we are always high on our hokies. And uh, you know, Dwight Vick said it himself. Bounce back opportunity, 35 to 30. Virginia Tech takes the win in Blacksburg on Saturday. That is my prediction, and I will stand by it. We're going to jump into Sharky's shout-outs, and then we will let you go, everyone. We're good friends. Go. Shout-out to Sharky's Blacksburg.
1: Shout-out to Sharky's Blacksburg. I'm going to kick it off. Had a great uh, a great Facetime with Isaiah. He is in. This is his first day of uh, of practice and 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 getting introduced to the to the Patriot Way up uh up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. I'm really excited about uh, his opportunity. I think this is a great fit for him. Uh, again, just a just a great kid. Uh, and again, playing primetime this week against Chuck Clark and the Ravens. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, aside from that, looking forward to having Greg Smith and Matt Rivera uh, up in Blacksburg for the game. Uh, we were supposed to do Penn State this year, RIP. So we are doing Miami, uh, and it's going to be a ton of fun, and we're looking forward to it, and hopefully we're walking away with a W. I want to give
0: a huge shout-out to the men's soccer team. We yes. We last week. It was a huge win. First win over them in years, and now we see Virginia Tech – Climbing in the top five. First time we've been ranked in the top five in the poll since 2007. That was a great year. We went to the College Cup, uh, which is essentially the final four for college soccer. Ended up losing to Wake Forest uh, in the final four there. But uh, interesting tidbit about soccer the top five is comprised of all ACC schools. You got Clemson, you got Virginia Tech, Carolina. Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. Is wow, number one of the country. Uh, so, shout out to Pittsburgh. I guess not really. Um, also,
1: shout out to wrestling. Wrestling signed like a like a top a top three recruiting class today. Uh, I believe. Today? And shout out wow. the, the yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Unless I'm unless I'm OTL. Uh, I do know that lacrosse signed their uh, signed their team today. We'll be dropping our interview with Coach uh, John Sung here, I believe, next week. Um, but shout out to all the young men and women who enrolled and signed the l- dotted line to come to Virginia Tech. You're going to love it and fire it up for you. Um, and yeah. uh, saw- somebody win a national championship, please. I <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Stroman was on that list today.
0: He signed his uh, letter of intent. Sean Padula, Virginia Tech basketball, who committed not that long ago. This guy is from Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma, a 6'1 guard. Welcome to Virginia Tech, Sean Padula, class of 2021, for the Mike Young squad. The Mike Young squad, the basketball schedule came out uh, yesterday morning. We're excited. We know Coach Webby's excited. Uh, Coach Giltner's getting fired up. But uh, last shout out for me has to be for the Relay for Life, Virginia Tech Relay for Life. no shave november slash november who's got the beards who's got the stashes we're on day 11 here starting to itch i got a little white spot there um mom doesn't like it but uh shout out to vt relay for life check the timeline we posted our updates uh today dave
2: shout outs uh obviously i got a shout out to my wife uh caitlin she's amazing and gotta shout out the boys kodiak and miller uh kodiak excited to see if i can get a picture with them in section five on saturday um but then obviously the rest of section five bryce macy griff the barlows um you know amy miller our whole gang um trey J. Tra- trey J. how could i forget um uh, but yeah no it's uh and, and obviously fan filler can't forget the parents can't wait to see them in a few weeks
0: Love it. Thank you for joining us, Dave. Thank you for joining us, Hokies. And uh, let's go out there and beat Miami. We'll see you next
1: week.